May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted us, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Thank you. You may be seated. Paul said that he worked harder than all the apostles, but it was the grace of God in him that made the difference. He said, whether it was I or they, so we preach, so you believe. It doesn't matter if uh, Luke's up here or Don's up here or Jason's up here. Believe what's being said. That's what makes the difference. Let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful much for who you are. You are the difference in our life, the one that changes us inwards, outwards, and upwards, Lord, and for that we are appreciative. Lord, we pray that you would take your word and illumine our hearts and open the eyes, Father, that we might see the things that you would have us see, that we might bring glory and honor to your name in all that we do. So we ask this day, Lord, that you'd open up our hearts, get us ready to receive the wonderful, powerful words that we might be different people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, our hearts love the flesh. There's no problem with the flesh getting into our hearts. It, it's just natural. It just goes there. It's like a superhighway. <clears throat> I uh, traveled to Texas, or did. My, my, uh, my son Michael's here, so maybe greet him. He lived in Texas, and we would be in Shreveport, Louisiana. And what happens when you go into Shreveport is that you slow down to 65, then you slow down to 60, then you slow down to 55, 50, then 45. And they just slow you down right through Shreveport, Louisiana. Then they start you out, but much slower. You get up to 60 and you go faster and faster, and then you finally get to 70. But boy, when you hit Texas, it's 75 all the way. So uh, it's, uh, the flesh has no problem getting into our hearts. But there's a problem with God's word getting into our hearts, isn't there? It says it takes divine intervention for truth to enter our hearts. The just shall live by faith. You know, we look at the solas back here, and we know uh, they all work together. There's not one individual sola at all. And as you look at God's plan, this is God's plan for changing us, changing our hearts. You know, the scriptures have been hated over the years. Uh, we think of John Wycliffe, uh, translated a Bible from Latin Vulgate to English in 1382, some, sometimes known as the Dark Ages. And that's the reason it was dark, is because the word of God was not being shared like it should be. He died in 1384. Now get this, he was declared a heretic after he died. And then in 1428, Wycliffe's remains were exhumed, burned, and scattered into the River Swift in England. He was hated, wasn't he? And all he wanted to do was translate the scriptures uh, into English to allow it to change people's hearts. But the, the world out here does not like that at all. They hate it. And we're seeing a lot of that hatred today. Um, persecution's coming. John Huss uh, burned at the stake on July 6, 1415. They hated him too. Could you imagine dying that way? They, they could have at least hung him or, or, or done something more gracious, but they actually set him on fire, allowed him to die that way. 1536, William Tyndale burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. 
All they wanted to do was to allow people to be able to have a personal Bible to look at. And, 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 and you know, the little bit that they did, people's lives were really changing. There was a real revival because of the Word of God. Uh, I was at uh, South Carolina at my daughter's house, Michelle, and she said, Dad, what are you preaching on? And I said, well, I'm going to try to figure out a little bit of grace. And she didn't ask me what I was, uh, my definition or anything like that. She just said, good luck. You know, you know grace is definitely uh, deeper, wider, higher, bigger than anything we could ever imagine. Because God is the producer of grace in our lives. He takes literally dead people and, and make them alive. And uh, he has to be in every part of our life. Um, one aspect of grace I will call daily grace. God uh, definitely works in our hearts daily. He must work in our hearts daily to change us, and he definitely uses scriptures to do that. Uh, Dave, uh, Paul David Tripp uh, wrote a theological book. Some of you have the book. Uh, it's been shared here, uh, Doctrinal Theology. The purpose is not information, just, just to get to know stuff. Uh, that's not the purpose of theology, but transformation. God's wanting to change us. He's wanting to transform us. God's plan is that when the rain of biblical doctrine falls on us, it will change us. We know in Scripture that the Lord said he does not put new wine into old wineskins or that he doesn't put a, a new patch on old garments. He's interested in totally changing us make a pivot from our fleshly ways and make us new to be a new creation. Not that we would become better renditions of ourselves. We're not trying to take an old wineskin and make it better or an old uh, clothes to make it better. God's wanting to change us, and he does that through his word. Not that we would become better renditions of ourselves, but that we would become spiritually different than we were before, and that's a good thing. That's a process, and that's what God uses in his word, that we might be different. I hope you're different today. I hope when you leave here today that you'll be different because of God's word. As the rain of truth falls, angry people become peacemakers, greedy people become givers, demanding people become servants, Lustful people become pure. Faithless people become believers. Proud people become humble. Rebels become obedient people. And idolaters become worshipers of God. And I hope in the experience of your Christian walk, that's true. I hope you are changing and becoming different. You can go ahead and put the definition for Greek, uh, the Greek definition of grace up. All right. Uh, the Greek word is charis, and it means merciful. Folks, we need mercy. Amen. We are incapable of changing ourselves, especially with a heart full of lust. And uh, we need divine interventions in our life. And that's, that's exactly what God is doing with the word. We are without hope. Psalms 103, 12 through 14 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to us who fear him. For, the, for he knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. So God not only takes our sins as far away as the east is from the west and gets rid of them, uh, he has compassion on us. He loves us. He knows our incapabilities, and we need to trust him. Those that fear him have all of him. They have wonder. They have amazement and reverence. I'm going to tell you, you're going to see all these things in this word. That's what you'll find uh, when you study the word. I encourage, I encourage everybody to study the word of God. Have a daily devotion. At least read it. And, and it will change your life. It will make a difference in your life. We are without hope. 
trying harder to do better and uh, will not work. Kindness by God exerting his holy influence upon the souls. Now you notice it's an outside thing happening to us. And what it is, the Holy Spirit's the one that's changing us through his word. That is grace. Psalms 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts up here. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. That's what you'll find when you find the word of God. You'll know the way to everlasting. And uh, that's where the Lord wants to bring us along, to shepherd us, to help us to see everlasting. Turn them to Christ. Notice it's God, the Holy Spirit, that's turning us to Christ. Uh, he's active in our life. He keeps us. You think, well, I can't live the Christian life, and you can't. You know, it's impossible without God's grace and without God's heart, help. And uh, it says he guards us and holds the pattern together. Let me ask you something. Do you want God guarding your heart? Because it's, it's not going to go away. He's going to see it to the end to see that it will come true. He strengthens us. I know that this is uh, important in our lives because we're weak. Uh, he needs to strengthen me just to stand up here uh, this morning. And God does that. He gives us strength. I have uh, mentioned that I've been at the, the fair in uh Fairly face painting for 13 straight hours. And John and I look at each other and say, I'm not a bit tired. God strengthens us to do his work. He increases them in faith. Your faith comes from God. He increases us in faith. He increases them in knowledge, and this is experimental knowledge. We need knowledge. We need knowledge of the truth to have a uh, change within our life. So we need knowledge and we need to practice that knowledge as well. Increases them in affection. We need to learn how to love each other, don't we? And God helps us with that. You know, some people it's really hard to love. And I know sometimes with Mary, my wife, she's, it's hard for her to love me. But we need to increase in affections for each other. We need to see a dying world and have affection to help them because we got the help. We got the way to do that. So God helps us increase in affections and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. So he, he inspires us to do that. The exercise is the practicing of the spiritual virtues of the word of God. We need to practice it. It needs to be experimented or it needs to be worked out. Exercise of the Christian virtues, direct divine influence by the Holy Spirit on our daily lives. This is grace. God influences our life through the word. George Matheson uh, from Jonathan Gibson's devotion, Be Thou My Vision, says uh, he's known as the blind preacher. And uh, he was Scottish minister, 1842 to 1906. He was going blind when he was uh, 17 years old, and he was planning on getting married. And by the time he was 20, he was blind. And his fiance come up to him and says, I cannot marry a blind man. So that broke his heart, you know. Later on, uh, uh, his sister took care of a lot of his uh, needs each day. And for several years, his sister took care of, uh, took care of him and helped him and and wrote out uh, what, what he needed to write and some of his writings. And, and she was going to get married. And that kind of reminded him of his own fiancée. And, and he wrote his song, and, and I think it's very good, Oh, love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths it flow may richer, fuller be. O light that follows all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray that in thy sunshine glows its day. My brighter, fairer be. I rest, I give, I yield to thee. And that's the attitude we need to have. He's there to help us. He's not our enemy. He's our help. He, go, uh, he has a prayer in, in Jonathan Gibson's book uh, 
we'll go ahead and read it here. Divine Spirit or Holy Spirit, illumine, put a light to my words of the Lord. Show me the wealth of glory that lies beneath the old familiar story. Teach me the depths of meaning hidden in the songs of Zion. Raise me to the heights of aspiration that reaches by the wings of the prophets. Let me to, to the, or lift me to the summit of faith that is trod by the feet of the apostles. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Kids, you need to pray this prayer as well. We need God's help. He says, uh, illumine me, show me, teach me, raise me, lift me, and open my eyes. Folks, this is good stuff here. And we need our eyes opened up. Because remember, the flesh wants to dominate. It's already in our heart. And this is what changes everything. Isaiah, this is a statement that I want to make. Isaiah 43, 11 through 1 says, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. There's no Savior outside of Jesus Christ. If you're looking for him through money and wealth and working and marriage and, and sex or whatever else the heart desires, you're not going to find a Savior out there. You only find a Savior here, and you need to don't, don't worry about looking anyplace else because he's not to be found at all. He's our Savior. In uh, Augustine's Confessions, um, he acknowledges the truth of Scripture regarding the nature of fallen man destroyed by sin. The grace of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, must be understood as that by which grace alone, grace alone, Men are delivered from evil, and without which they do absolutely no good thing, whether in thought or will or affection or deed. This concept of God's grace alone being the only way of salvation would be key element in Martin Luther's new understanding of salvation was by grace alone. Now get this next statement. Likewise, it must be understood that the Christian walk is also by grace alone, Amen. empowered by God himself through scripture. The power comes through scripture, knowledge, knowing, understanding him, truth, and faith. Faith, the just shall live by faith. Faith is believing this truth. You believe a truth, that's faith. You believe several truths, that's a stronger faith. And that's how God works. He wants us to believe the truth and get stronger and stronger and deeper and deeper in it so that we live by faith. That's how God works with us. He doesn't make a new garment, or he makes a new garment, but he doesn't uh, refurbish the old garment. He wants to uh, do it totally by change by the uniqueness of faith alone. Influence. God will influence us according to his word. He'll help us. He's there to help us. Man, God can do all things. You think of genes, for instance, how small they are, how intricate they are. Look what they do. God has the ability to get into the deep parts of our lives and make those adjustments. And that's uh, how he influences us. He gives us power through the Holy Spirit, uh, strength. He, he trains us. Once you learn one faith, a truth of faith, you go to another truth of faith, that strengthens us, that makes us stronger. Transformation is his goal, to make us different people. Transformation of the Holy Spirit. John Piper, uh, grace not only replaces our works of salvation, grace empowers us to do the work of sanctification. Grace is a powerful force given to us every minute of every day to accomplish the works of God. Now, if Jason was here, he'd probably get what I've, I'm about to say. Andrew back there, I think he might be getting it. Uh, Don, I don't think he knows. But I think uh, uh, Stephen Nivens knows exactly what I'm going to say. What am I going to say, Stephen? It's about force. 
He's just shaking his head. May the force be with you. Well, this isn't the same force as Star Wars at all. It's not getting spaceships out of mud at all. This is a much greater force, folks. Gets into the intricate parts of our life. It is almighty God, all-knowing, all-powerful. That's what he's referring to as force. Now I've got to find out where I'm at here. Hold on. Okay, force given to us every minute of every day to accomplish the work of God. It was not I, but the grace of God, the influence, power, strength, and transformation of God that is with me. And he's with you, too. You know, if you just turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help, guess what? He helps you. He cares for us. He loves us. He is very detailed in his love. So don't uh, be shy to ever call upon the name of the Lord. He will help. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 9 through 11. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace, the influence, power, strength, and transformation of God, I am what I am. God's influence in his life, God's word in his life is what changed him. How many books did Paul write? Wrote 13. Did he know the word? Yeah. Do you enjoy studying the books of Paul? The books of Paul will change you. And, and that's what's happened to him through grace. Towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Now, this, this is interesting. We know Paul worked hard, and we know Paul believed the word, but he, but he goes on, though it was not I. Well, that's quite a statement, isn't it? He says, all this that I've done was not because of how great I am, but it was because how much God loved me and strengthened me in my life. Of God that was in me. Whether then it was I or there, referring to the other apostles, so we preach, and so you believe. That's the key, folks. The, the end result is that you believe. If there's a breakdown up here in the pulpit for whatever reason, uh, what is being preached is, is really important. So believe. That's how you change the world. You get them to believe. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. When you take the yoke of the Lord upon you, he's in control, isn't he? I mean, you can't do anything you want to do, but, but he says the point of the whole thing is to learn of me. Learn the truth, you know. We were sitting here one Wednesday uh, evening, talking about Elijah and Elisha. Uh, Elijah was going to go call, Elijah was going to go call Elisha. And, and they said that he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And being good Christians as we are, we take it literally, you know, and think that he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. I was thinking there could be 12 plows on this side and 12 on this side, and it would do an awesome job of plowing. But the great man uh, theologian that we have in our group here, Steve Kemper, says, I think it's 12 different uh, yoke oxen, which made sense, you know. And uh, um, I just thought I'd throw that there. That's kind of funny, you know. But anyways, to learn of him for I am gentle, uh, lowly or humble in heart, and you will find rest. You will definitely find rest in making this your priority each day. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. It's so important to be in the yoke of the Lord. Uh, Paul David Tripp, June 24th. God is unwilling to be your means for what you call the good life. Your relationship with him must be your definition of the good life. Relationships are so important. We need to call upon the Lord. We need to pray to the Lord. We need to talk to him. We need to read his word. That's what God wants, and that's the good life. Jeremiah 5, 5 through 6 says, but they all alike had broken the yoke. They left the yoke or the control of the Lord. They had burst the bonds. Now, we know the book of Jeremiah. We know the difficulties in the book of Jeremiah. 
But the problem with the people in that day, they just didn't listen to what the spoken word through Jeremiah. You know, if they would have listened to the word, they could have walked out to Nebuchadnezzar and he would have welcomed them. That, that's what the word of God said, but they never listened to the word of God. It goes on to say, therefore, a lion from the forest shall strike them. A wolf from the desert shall devastate them. Folks, they probably wished that it was a lion and a wolf. They were devastated, ran through with swords. All God said is walk out and surrender yourself. The women were killed. Their hair was shaved and their beards were shaved off and they were marched to Babylon naked, humiliated. King, I think it was Zedekiah, his own children killed before them and his eyes put out. All they needed to do was listen to what Jeremiah said. They would have had a way of escape. And folks, that's true in our life as well. We have a way to escape from this thing called flesh. Listen to God's word. Practice it. Believe it. It'll make a difference in your life. Alistair Bagg, we know uh, Jason's in his church this morning, but we'll get a little bit of Alistair's uh, uh, talking points here. Uh, Truth for Life, 365-day daily devotion. Being a Christian involves taking on a radically altering mindset. See, it's up here. The flesh has its mindset. God has a radical different mindset that results in increasingly pure thoughts and holy behavior. That's God's goal is to get us to holiness. And we know eventually we will get to holiness. And that's uh, what he wants to do with our minds, which are not seen in a life without Christ. This don't happen unless you know Christ is your Savior. As Paul writes earlier in Romans, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, or we could put truth in there, set their minds on the things of the spirit or truth, Romans 8, 5. This change is in perspective comes by a key. This is how it happens. Power of the Holy Spirit as he instructs us in truth of God's word. That's how change happens. Such a change is a process. Folks, you're not going to be holy just because you sat down and read the Bible one time. It's a process. God is patient. He, he cares for us. He knows our needs. And it's a process that we need to go through. Hopefully, uh, you're reading the uh, word of God more and more. You're deeper in the process through his word. Each day, we are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's the purpose. Our minds, indeed, our in, entire lives are being renewed. We're neither all we ought to be nor all we're going to be, we're also not what we once were. I'm so thankful to God I'm not like I used to be. You know, that, that's not good at all. Uh, there is a process and getting better, and, and hopefully that's because of the word of God, going to church, going to uh, children's church kids, and, and learning the things of God. And when our minds are under the jurisdiction of God's spirit and word, the rest will inevitably follow as he intends. God has a purpose in our life. We realize that God's way is best and are delighted to walk in it. We think before we act. Do you all believe God's way is best? That's what we find in his word. We refuse to be shaped by the minds of the world out there, learning to see where we are being sold the mindset that is based on a lie. It's a lie. Rather than the truth of God's word. So the lie is out there, but the truth is here. It's important to be uh, coming to church as well. The purpose of grace is to influence people's hearts by the Holy Spirit, bringing them to salvation, faith, holiness, and eternal life eventually. The power is this. Romans 6, 4 says... We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, too, might walk in newness of life. God influencing our life, 
That was the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. You can depend on God and his word, and your life will be different. I hope we all desire to have a different life. The administrator of grace is the work of the Holy Spirit living in us by the power of resurrection so we can walk in newness of life over sin, which is by faith given to us as a gift from God. That's important to know. Your faith is a gift to God, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Second Peter uh, 1, uh, 2 through 4, which uh, Will read earlier, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in knowledge. Knowledge. Get into the book. Learn it. Pick up theology books. Do all you can. Put it in here. To the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. His divine power, there it is, has granted or allowed us to allowed us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the power of knowledge of him. That's neat. Isn't that a great plan? How God planned to change our life is to get to know him. This is what I'm like. Come to me. I'm gentle. I'm kind. Learn of me who called us to his own glory and excellence. I think glory is back here, isn't it? That's the ultimate goal, glory alone to God. He says, I want you to be like me. It's the good life, is what he's saying. By which he has granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them... You may become partakers of the, man, divine nature. That's the goal, folks. It's being like him in holiness. It's freedom. That's where it's found. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. So it's a battle with the sin and the divine life. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And as you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, Doing evil deeds, we were hostile against this plan. We were hostile against this God. We didn't want him in his life. We know that's why people reject him is because of sin in their life. Doing evil deeds, he has now recounseled us in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. That's the goal. But it's a great goal, isn't it? I look forward to that. Uh, as Jason was uh, mentioning a few weeks ago, the crown of righteousness being placed on us. It's going to happen. Remember, he's our guard. He's going to see to it that it happens. I look forward to that. If indeed you continue in faith, precept on precept, truth on truth, continue in that, the word, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This is why Paul became the minister of the hope of the truth of grace. He learned it uh, when he was converted. So Chris Tomlin has a song, uh, Lord, I Need Thee. We, we sang it earlier. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Let God guide your heart. Don't let your own sinfulness do it. There's not a better life out there. There's not a better God to serve. There's no other salvation given to us. Let him guide your heart because a heart's full of flesh, isn't it? But he can overcome it. He's got power to do that. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. You know he lives in us, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He lives in us. He can do that. He's God. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's got the abilities to do anything with us and to help us because what? He has an everlasting love for us. He loves you. 
the world out there doesn't love you. They as soon set you on fire for what we're talking about this morning. The Lord loves us. Grace is the shaper of the Christian life. Not we, not me, but only by trust and faith in Christ's word alone. Paul David Tripp, uh, June uh, 26, faith is living in the light of what God has said, resting in what he has done, and trusting the future to his grace. We look, look for a great future. That's his plan. We're all going to heaven to those that trust him. We've got a great plan ahead of us. We get to be holy, finally. We get to enjoy the greatness of what holiness is. Paul David Tripp, uh, June 4th, it's only in the mirror of God's word that we see yourself accurately and only in his grace that we find help for what we see. I don't like looking in the mirror in the mornings. Anybody else do that? But it, it's honest. It's what we look like. And uh, hopefully we could brush our hair a little bit and brush our teeth and look a little bit different. Uh, this helps us to see ourselves for who we are. Uh, John 18, 37 through 38. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to me. We've got to love truth. I hope you love truth. I know many of you here love truth. And that's how we have love for the Lord. Know the truth. Believe the truth. Paul David Tripp, do you believe, uh, pages uh, 387 to 88, sovereign grace, influence, power, and strength, transformation, calls us, draws us, and keeps us. This is where our hope rests as we persevere for our moment of first belief until we see our Savior face to face. He's calling us. He's drawing us. This is the good stuff. You and I persevere because we are held by grace, influence, power, strength, and transformation of the Holy Spirit in the Father's sovereign and omnipotent hand. He knows it all. He knows the beginning from the end. He understands us. He knows that we are made of dirt. You know. He knows that we need mercy. And he is working actively in our lives uh, sovereignly. Our salvation is initiated by him, continued by him, and finalized by him. If we had the power to do any of this, the intervention into the world of divine grace would not excuse me, would not have been necessary. So God, through his power, draws us to himself. I'm glad he does. He calls us. He chooses us. It's a wonderful, wonderful truth. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is, the, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We've got to be uh, in the word. We've got to say, talk to God all the time. Illumine my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Help me, Lord. I need help. I need strength. I need encouragement. Some of us go through depressions. Christians do go through depression. God, I need thee. A lady asked me the other day, talking about the craziness of her life. And I says, uh, Marion, what you need to do is just turn to the Lord and ask him to help you. You know, he will. It's just, oh, that's right, you know. Sometimes we just got to be redirected on our thinking. You get depressed, it's about you. You want to get undepressed, make it about him. Abides means to act in accordance with what Christ says. John 7, 38, through, uh, just verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures, the Bible has said, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. You find the source of life. You find the author of life here. And that's what you want. You want life. And it's found in God's word. That changes us. Mothers, fathers have children. Teach them the word of God. Teach them doctrine. 
doctrine will change everything with them. Just don't preach uh, the historical aspects of the gospel, which is awesome, but teach them about what salvation is, the doctrine of salvation. Teach them about what justification is. It'll change their life. It'll give them some meaning. Uh, do catechisms with them. That's what we're planning on doing. It will change your life, and it will change my life as well. Faith is believing the very words of God. These are the words of God. He gave them to us. People died just to translate them. I hope in the generation that we live today that we don't ignore this book. Folks, we got the freedom to open it, to read it, to learn it. We got all kinds of resource materials. Get it in you. It will change you. 1 Peter 1.5 says, Who by God's power grace are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. God chose faith to guard us. He didn't want to make a, a, a better Bob, you know, uh, a better Rodney or, or whoever. He wanted to literally change us, and he used faith. Faith. The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.5 says, Does he who supply the Spirit to you and work miracles among you, do so through the works of the law? Well, I can do better. Try harder, do better. That's the law. But by the hearing of faith. God changes us through the word. You'll only be discouraged if you think it's about you. The Christian life is not about you. It's about him and understanding him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He lives in me. How he does that, I don't know, but he does. And I'm thankful for that. In the life I now live, in the flesh I live by faith. Christ is in me, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You'll learn that truth. God really loves me. He really cares for me. And that will change your life. 1 Peter 4.11, whosoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, back to the word, oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies through the strength of the Holy Spirit, in order that in everything God may be glorified. Isn't that great? I think that's wonderful that God gets glorified by those that live for him. Through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I think that's one of the solas, isn't it, Don? Amen. Glory to God. See, folks, the, the whole story is right here. Right there. That, that's God's plan for our lives. And ultimately, we will have glory forever and ever. I like that. You like that? We'll be like him. Paul David Tripp, April 20th. This is New Morning Mercies, by the way. True freedom is never found in putting yourself at the center. With your choices and behavior shaped by your allegiance to you. We do love ourselves, you know. We're all about ourselves until you look in the mirror. And that's another story. Uh, with your choices and behavior shaped by your allegiance to you, real freedom is only ever found when God's grace liberates you to live for one infinitely greater than you. You want to change your life, live for God. That'll change it. You want to change your life, read the word. You want to change your children, get them into doctrine. Get them into catechism. Chris, as early as you can, get that in Leon. Doctrine, uh, we talked a little bit about the doctrine of salvation. Um, the doctrine of justification is important. You know, the doctrine of sin, we got to know about sin. We got to know how it works and why it works and how God deals with it. We got to learn the doctrines of, of Scripture. We got to learn the doctrine of who God is. Doctrine of creation, very important. Wasn't that a great message Steve had last week? We certainly got a perspective of how great God was. God is the creator. Uh, John 14, 25, these things have I spoken to you while I was still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. That's, that's what he's doing. He's teaching us. Experimental 
experience knowledge and bring you to remembrance. Well, I'm glad for that, aren't you, Don? Glad for remembrance. We need that help. Seems like every time I walk into a room, I forget why I'm there. You know, and that's scary, isn't it? But aren't we thankful that God helps us with remembrance? That I have said to you, and what has he said to us? It's right here. Get to know it. In Galatians 6, 6, I'm going to skip down to Galatians 6, 7, because every time we look at this portion of Scripture, uh, the verse 6, 7 is dominant. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that will he also reap. And we, we think that when we're reading through this. But look at the verse prior to that. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. The message you hear today, if it's changed your life, whether it be a few days, 10 days, whatever, come to the person who speaks and tell them what happened. That's encouraging. We need to do that. Kids, you're back there learning. You're here learning. If something changes your, your heart or your life, share it. We need to share with Jason much, don't we? It encourages us, and that's how God works. And, and it's definitely a reward to hear that people's lives are changing, isn't it? Romans 1, 5, uh, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Some of the Old Testament, New Testament, for our instruction. We learn a lot about God and who he was, especially the book of Jeremiah. All you had to do was listen. That's it. All you had to do is listen. Believe God. That through endurance, endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. You don't have hope? This is great hope. This makes the difference in the whole world. We have hope of eternal life. We have hope over overcoming sin in our life. We have hope. And that's what the world's looking for. They're looking for it in the wrong places. Remember we said there's only one Savior. You only find it through God in the scriptures. Paul David Tripp, if, you, if God is your Father, the Son is your Savior, the Spirit is your indwelling helper, Christ in me, you have hope no matter what you're facing. God in me. We cannot be discouraged with that type of uh, influence in our hearts. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That's nice to know. Here's where your hope is. Folks, don't look for it other places. Don't look for it in an unsavable world. Don't look for it in finances. Look for it here. And it's here. It's free. It's everywhere. People died just to translate this. We have the freedom to do that, just do that. Paul David Tripp, more importantly, biblical faith is a commitment of the heart. We talked about that. That's where faith enters is our heart. That radically alters the way you live. Truth not only lived is truth. Truth not believed. Okay, let me start over. Truth not lived is truth not believed. If you're not living the truth, you don't believe it. Folks, you've got to believe it. Don't be as the people of Jeremiah's day. There's disaster. Real disaster to those that don't believe the word of God and the truth. Paul David Tripp, more importantly, biblical faith is a commitment of the heart. Okay, I just said that. Let's talk with Spencer Shelton here. God's word is creative, powerful, and final authority over humans. It is more important than what humans could ever come up with. How they think, whether it's science, whether it's whatever. We've got great thinkers in this world. We've got amazingly intelligent people. But the word of God is God's final authority over us. Humble yourself to it. Believe it. My early Christian experience, mom took us to uh, church when I was six and seven and eight years old. And there's one thing that I understood. Uh, I didn't quite understand salvation. I didn't quite understand who Jesus was. But there's one thing that I understood, that this was the word of God. 
that's what came out of it. I believed it. So when later on, when the word was shared with me, I knew the sharing of the word was from God. I knew what was being said was from God, and I believed Jesus to be my Savior. So the importance of believing the word of God uh, is vital. Men of conviction are formed out of the soil of biblical heritage. We are defenders of truth, guardian of truth, John MacArthur. The, the Bible has been called the heart of God in the words of God. We know God's heart by this. Dr. Uh, Ryrie says, never forget what the Bible claims for itself. The word complete means proficient and able to meet all demands which are placed on one's life. Biblical doctrine is not only relevant and practical, but also uh, provides the necessary proficiencies for the believer's life and activities. Our responsibility is to study, learn, teach, preach the Bible doctrines thoroughly, learn it, and live it. That's what makes the difference. Alistair Bagg, it's not the giftedness of a man, but it is the word of God in the heart of the man. We talk about people having gifts. I hope the word of God's in their heart, what he's saying. Okay, we're going to uh, application. The application points will be doctrine, deceit, and deliverance. Paul David Tripp, knowing of the doctrine, should produce not only knowledge of God, but a penetrating, humbling knowledge of yourself. You'll learn about God. You'll learn about yourself as well, and that's because of doctrine. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says, uh, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. Doctrine taught means godliness will be practiced. Renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope and the appearing of our glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous of good works. Let's be zealous of good works. That's the purpose. You want to know God's will? Be zealous of good works. That's what he wants in our lives. Under uh, uh, Lord, I need thee, where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Under deceit, Richard Baxter, uh, one of the men during the uh, Reformation, uh, taught his people the scriptures and taught them the word. They loved him because of that. But he was constantly being persecuted by a government church. And... Uh, Later in his life, he, he did live to be 76, and I think during that age, uh, he went through a trial. And the judge so hated, we talk about hatred, he so hated what he did with the scriptural truth that he, in, in bringing his condemnation in his prison sentence, says, I want him to be beaten all the way through the streets on the way to prison. And fortunately, there were some guys that changed his mind, but that's the hatred uh, that we see uh, in the world. He did get out of prison, lived a short time, and then passed away. On Facebook, I, I was uh, looking on Facebook, I saw, do not post scripture online unless you can first live what it says. Not true. Not true. We need to post scripture online so we can live what it says. See, it's the scriptures our strength and power in our faith. Doctrine produces godliness. Titus says very clearly, one, one, truth which accords with godliness. That, that, that's a good verse to memorize. You know that? You want to train, change? Truth. Truth will change it. First Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. He's there. It's right here right here humble yourself so that at the proper time 
he may exalt you. God will exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. There's an enemy out there that wants to devour you. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. Truth produces people of truth. You preach it in Africa, Don, you get the same results. You preach it in Europe or Korea, Chris, you get the same results. And guess what? They get persecuted too, just like we do. Suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. That's where you're headed. That's where the change comes from. Warren Wiersbe said, The great need among churches and Christians today is to return to the Bible. Christians are leaving the Bible today. You believe that? They're not preaching the truth. They're being conformed to the world. If the churches do not get back to God's word, the satanic deceivers will take over. We fight deceivers by the word. We need to preach the word. We need to have people change. You need to believe. I need to believe. Under deliverance, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, it says, For I delivered to you as of first importance that also I received that Christ died for your sins in accordance with the scriptures. Christ died for you. That he was buried and he, he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scriptures, it's all here. That's how you receive Christ as your Savior. You believe it. That's faith. Believe in the truth. Truth is, Jesus died for you, was buried, and rose again. Believe the truth. But you know what? God's right there. He's right there to help us do that. Amen. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. And whatever you do in deed or do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if the word of God's richly in you, guess what? You're going to be singing. Do you enjoy singing? I enjoy singing. Um, one of the songs we will be singing here just in a minute is Yet Not I, but Through Christ in Me. I so love that song. I love it so much that each day as I do my devotions, I get the words out and I play the song. What a powerful song. And David will be uh, uh, leading that. Just one more verse, uh, David. Colossians 1, 28 through 29 says... Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature. Don, that's our, our part. Moms and dads, that's your part. Make them mature in this. Make them to know it. In Christ, for this I toil, struggling with all energy that he powerfully works within me. That's grace. Howard uh, Hendricks the church today is like that of a 25-mile-long lake, but only a quarter of an inch deep. That's what we face today, folks. They're not going deep. You need to go deep. Study doctrine. Don't hear, listen to cliches or whatever. Go deep. So, David, if you'd come up and uh, uh, lead us in this song.